0: Okay. This is recording. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to discuss tonight the topic of. <laughs> the, we're going to do our best to discuss tonight the topic of soldiers uh, who are serving in Gaza, or they may very well be on the northern front by Lebanon or by Syria. Certainly they're not in comfortable accommodations. They don't have anything which we would normally consider to be a house. And the question is going to be, um, do we, uh, where exactly do they light if they're going to light anywhere?
1: So is what's going this, to be
0: the start? with is that? Is this a different, Shila from uh, any ordinary Bala Bias, uh head of a family who can't be home on Hanukkah? Um, so it might be a little bit different uh, because let's. we're, we're going to talk very specifically. Thank you for bringing that up, Al. So we're going to talk very specifically about soldiers who are not married. So these are unmarried uh, soldiers uh, who are not home, and uh, for reasons, really, which is beyond um, what we're going to address. It's a topic that we're not really going to address, but they also have to be Ashkenazim. Sephardim, anyways, you don't have everybody lighting, just the father of the home goes out and lights. So in that case, so he wouldn't have to light anyways, and maybe that he doesn't have to light anyways. So we're talking about this narrow group of people, which is uh who are serving in sahal either in Gaza or in um on the northern front by uh, by lebanon or by Syria, and their practice generally is to light uh every night of Hanukkah, but now that they're out in the middle of nowhere, they could be uh you know you could have a sniper who's just on a hill somewhere. Obviously, if he's a sniper, it probably would not be a good idea to light a Hanukkah menorah anyways, that would give away your position. But there's something along those lines where somebody has the opportunity to light, but it's just not going to be in a house. So what's the story with that? So the b'risa, the Gemara site, says, Tan mitzvahs near Hanukkah near ish ubeiso. So the mitzvah is to go ahead and for each person to go ahead and light in their home. And the question, as we mentioned, is, how precise did Chazal mean? Do they mean literally a house or not. Now on this, there's a question that the Pnei Yeshua, a fundamental question that the Pnei Yeshua asks regarding this Gemara. Um, to save time, we'll just skip the reading it inside the Pnei Yeshua, and we'll see the way the Arach HaShulchan presents the question, because he summarizes the Pnei Yeshua's question, and then how the Arach goes that and answers it. And this is going to be significant because, as we will see, the mitzvah of Ner Hanukkah is really a uniquely structured mitzvah. It's something which mechanically and structurally is different than we find by most other mitzvahs. So the Erach writes as follows: Dinek So one of the g'dolim asks the Pnei Yeshua, one of the great, uh, uh, one of the great earlier commentators from the Achronim, one of the great commentators on Masechta of Shaz, mani mitzvahs Ner Hanukkah mitzvahs. What makes the mitzvah, why? Is the mitzvah of different from other mitzvahs? In what way is it different? The whole mitzvah, is, uh, by mitzvahs in general, generally when there's a mitzvah to perform, every person is commanded to go ahead and do that mitzvah. Lulavan and everybody takes of an Sitting in the sukkah, everybody sits in the sukkah. So mitzvahs which are commanded when it comes to matzah, everybody eats matzah. You can't be yotze with somebody else's eating as much as that would be great if we could do that. But we're not able to be yotze in that way. And yet the technical mitzvah of Chanukah, not that the way we do it, which is the mahadrim in a mahadrim, but the technical mitzvah is fulfilled, like Chazal said, near ish ubeso that the head of the household goes ahead and lights a menorah and everybody is yosei with that one lighting and that's the way Sfarim are actually that's the way they're knowing that's the way they do it then nowadays that the head of the household lights the menorah and everybody else is yosei with that with that lighting so what is what makes this mitzvah why did Chazal go ahead and structure it in such an unusual manner so now the uh, in the play leaves the matter unresolved Writes the Arach Hashulchan. Amn Ms asi shaper. He says the truth is, is that it makes actually makes a lot of sense. Dine de esrog chayv kolecha minim. The mitzvah of esrog, for example, dalad minim. So each person has an individual obligation to take a lulav and esrog. vishofar and when it comes to shofar, echat tokev v'kulam shomin. And when it comes to shofar, one person blows the shofar, although it's one person who blows the shofar, but everybody listens and they fulfill the mitzvah in that way. And the reason why these mitzvahs make sense is Mishum de mitzvah hihanatila. Because when it comes to the mitzvah of lulav, so the mitzvah is to take. And obviously that means each person is going to take for himself. The shofar mitzvah hashmiya. And when it comes to the mitzvah of shofar, the mitzvah is going to be to listen and each person listens for himself. However, if everybody gathers in shol and just puts on their listening cap and they say, "Okay, I'm going to listen to the sound of the shofar," and nobody blows the shofar, so then it'll be it'll be sounds of silence. Literally, it's going to be sounds of silence, and nobody's going to be able to fulfill the mitzvah. But so, therefore, for everybody to fulfill the mitzvah, so one person blows the shofar and everybody listens. The and the same thing is true with Megillah reading. One person reads the Megillah, everybody listens, and it's as if they themselves did the reading. But Gabi Mitzvah Hiha Now here's where it gets interesting. The Archashokhan says that when it comes to the Mitzvah of Ner Hanukkah, the, the essential Mitzvah, as we distill it down to its essential core, the real Mitzvah of Ner Hanukkah is seeing the candles burning. It's not the lighting, it's not the kindling, it's the seeing. Liros Haneros Kishodokin, to see the candles as they are burning. Visa persume nisa. And that is, as we all know, that's the phrase which Khazal used in terms of per-sum-e-nisa, That's the publicizing of the miracle, which is the essence, that's the ikker mitzvah. The tiknu brach and that's why Chazal, if a person is wandering around the street and didn't light the menorah, so there are circumstances where he will still say brachas when he sees somebody else's uh, menorah lit and burning. But it's impossible to go ahead and to see Chanukah Neiros burning if nobody lights them. You could look from today till tomorrow, but you're not going to see it unless somebody lights them. And therefore it makes sense that this is going to be similar to like Megillah reading, or like shofar blowing, that the real mitzvah is listening, but since nobody, you can't have everybody listening unless somebody is blowing, so somebody has to blow the shofar, and then everybody fulfills their mitzvah with the listening. So in the same way, Chazal said, the mitzvah of Nebuchadnezzar is really to see the Nebuchadnezzar but since it's impossible to see near Hanukkah if nobody lights near Hanukkah, so somebody's got to go ahead and light it, and we'll assign that responsibility ability to the balabais The chobidei beso rowing, and then everybody's going to see the Narrows burning, and that's what they, then they will thereby fulfill the mitzvah. And um, yeah, we'll skip the uh, the rest of it again because of time and. Those technical difficulties we started off with. So then he says in the next Sif, So for this reason, since the Iker Mitzvah is the seeing rather than the kindling, so for that reason, Chazal did not feel the need to go ahead and uh, obligate each individual to light their own menorah mahadrin and mahadrin they can but it's not part of the Iker mitzvah it's not part of the essential mitzvah kave shagam yesh mitzvah because just seeing the neiros burning is already the mitzvah dizel sha'amru and that which Chazal said, this is the Gemara that we began with in source number one, that the mitzvah is ner ish ubeso. It's the, each person is going to light a ner for the household. So the Arach says, the pshat is not that you, the word beso doesn't mean that uh, having a house or living in a house is a prerequisite to the mitzvah. That's not what Chazal meant. But rather what Chazal meant by this was, kolomer hu behadlaka that the bala bias, he does the kindling, because somebody's got to do the kindling, and then the rest of the household is going to thereby be able to fulfill the mitzvah just by observing, just by seeing the Ner Hanukkah burning. So that's what it means, near Ishu baso, that there's going to be, somebody has to light it, that's the Ner Ish, and then baso, and, and then once it's lit, so that everybody in the household will thereby be able to fulfill the mitzvah, because they can now... Uh, Look at the Neiros and seeing the Neiros is the publicizing of the miracle, and that's how the mitzvah is going to be fulfilled. Yes, Ellen. Um Somebody said to me recently they're afraid to light in their front window this year. Right. Due to, right. Um, is it enough? Will there be like a heter? Will this be okay if people just, if they're all inside? Or, you so, yeah.
1: That,
0: so, in the, terms the reason of why seeing we look- the. Light, it's enough to publicize in your own home, since that's what we're covering here. Right. So, technically, when we light inside, as opposed to like in Eretz Yisrael, where they light outside, the reason why we light inside was specifically because there were times in Jewish history when lighting outside would have been dangerous. It's actually brought down, Mishum Sakana, because of the danger involved in lighting outside. And that's why the practice uh, shifted to go ahead and light inside. And under these conditions, the Iker persumenisa the publicizing of the miracle, is not for the people in the street, it's for the people of the household. So therefore, somebody who may be afraid to go ahead and uh, light it by the window, because it may attract some undue or unwanted uh, attention, so yes, yeah, so it's okay to go ahead and put it on the dining room table. Some people will go ahead and they'll put it specifically by the door frame of their front door, which used to be part of the fulfillment, but on, but on the inside. But yeah, somebody who's allowed to do so, they will fulfill the mitzvah in the, in that way. Okay, now... The Svas Emes asks an interesting, uh, an interesting question. And that is, uh, once we're exploring the technical uh, aspects of the Mishnah, so the Svas Emes writes, He says, how do we go ahead and understand this mitzvah of Ner Chanukah? Is it similar to mezuzah? And is it similar to Shabbos candles? What does he mean when he says that maybe Ner Chanukah is similar to mezuzah and Shabbos candles? That means that as long as somebody lit candles to honor Shabbos, and it doesn't really make a difference who lit the Shabbos candles. Obviously, it's the, uh, the, the, the woman of the household who generally does it. But technically, it doesn't really make a difference. As long as Shabbos candles are lit, die, that already is going to be enough. And the same thing is going to be true with regards to mezuzah, that a mezuzah has to be affixed to the doorpost. And it doesn't really make a difference who does it, as long as there are mezuzahs affixed to the doorpost. Well, if fizeh, afshar, and according to that model, if we use that as our model of the, the mitzvah, afshar, it's possible... That each household has to have a menorah burning in the, uh, 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 each household must have a menorah burning. And it doesn't make a difference how many families are there. Because it has nothing to do with the number of families which are present. Because even if you have multiple families living in the same home, like some people may have grown up with not only with their parents, but grandparents or aunts or uncles, or certainly, you know, one would know people who grew up in such a way where there are multiple families living, not even in a house, but they're living in an apartment. So it's going to be sufficient to have one menorah burning in the home because all you need is one per home, and that maybe that's the way the mitzvah goes. And the reason why this 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 curious halacha. About I think we've done this in the past, in past years, but that you have somebody who's a guest by somebody else's house. So uh, if they're not going to be lighting their own menorah, they give the host a few coins in order to sort of buy into their mitzvah, which would seem to indicate that each person has to go ahead and be part of the mitzvah himself. And it's not enough to have one set of candles per household. That may be just because of the desire that it's always a good thing when you spend money to go ahead and fulfill the mitzvah. So it's for another reason, not for the technical necessity of fulfilling the mitzvah of Hanukkah, but it's another thing why you would do so. But according to Halacha, all the families who are living in one home, so they can fulfill the mitzvah with a single menorah lit in that home, da adam, or maybe what we say is really the technical mitzvah is each individual have individual meaning. Every man and woman is obligated to light near Hanukkah. Ella, but what Chazal said is similar to what we said by chauffeur blowing or by Megillah reading. The Balabai is motzi kol so It's just that whoever is the leader of the household who lights the one Chanukah menorah, he's being motzi everybody else of their obligation. So this, again, is this curious way of uh, looking at the mitzvah of Ner Hanukkah. Is it something which is really a household obligation? And we don't care how many families are in the household, but every, uh, every address, let's say, has to have a menorah, and then everybody who's there, uh, has uh, the mitzvah has been taken care of because one menorah was lit. Or do we say, technically, each individual has to go ahead, has an obligation to light their own menorah, and it's just there to make things easier, similar to shofar blowing or Megillah reading. One person performs a mitzvah and is motzi everybody else of their obligation, but each person is feels uh, should feel a necessity or feel the weight of the obligation to do the mitzvah on their individual shoulders. And an afgamina may be whether or not it's ideal for everybody to be present when, the, when it's lit, or do you not need anybody to be present when it's lit, other than the one who's actually lighting, Similar to what we find by Shabbos candles, by Shabbos candles, the uh, the woman of the household goes at and lights Shabbos candles, and we don't need everybody else to be present at that time. Generally, they're not present at that at that time, and yet it's going to be okay because the mitzvah is on the household, and you don't need everybody else to participate. So that is the that's the question that the Svas Emes asks regarding the nature of the mitzvah, without uh, suggesting a resolution. Okay. Now we go on to the issue. We get ourselves closer to this issue of what's going to be with the uh, with the soldiers. So there's a a Taz who discusses this, and there's a a debate about what exactly the intent of the Taz is. But let's go ahead and see what the Taz writes, and then we'll uh, decide what we think he means. So the Taz writes, this is in Simon Tufresh Ayan Zion, if I remember correctly, with was Steve Cutton Bass. It says, Dira Bair, somebody who has a home in town. Pam And it happens to be that somebody's having a birthday party that night. A member of a, the extended family is having a birthday party, or maybe even having a Hanukkah party, and everybody's eating by Bobby's house. Let's just say it like that. So you have a number of kids who are who live in town. Bubby is hosting a Hanukkah suda for everybody. Bubby and Zadie are having a Hanukkah party for everybody to come, and everybody's eating over there. So the question is, can the people who are from in town, would they go ahead and light by Bubby's house where they're having the suda, or do they light when they are home? So the ta'as says, He says the fact that the family that your family may be eating by Bubby and Zadie, uh, and they'll be in Bubby and Zaidi's house for an hour or two, the Yashuv Limkomo, and then they're going to go back home, and they're going to spend the rest of the night in their own home, says the Taz, The Taz says, it's not even like he has a havamine about this, like he entertains this as a, as a realistic potential outcome, he says there's no rationale whatsoever to think that one should light their Hanukkah narrows by Bubby and Zaidi. If you live in town and you're eating dinner by somebody else, there's no way that you light your Hanukkah candles at the place where you're having dinner, because that's not your home. The Zehava, because while now this is what what's going to be the important line as we as we want to talk about the soldiers, the Zehava, because this case where you're merely eating your meal by Bubbi and Zaidi, but that's not where you live. Because being in Babi Zaidi's house is the same thing as if when the time to light Hanukkah Neiros arrives, it's as if you're standing in the street somewhere, and you just happen to not be home. Because it's not possible to say that one would go ahead and light their Hanukkah Menorah in the street. Let's say it was Black Friday. So you decided the next day was Black Friday. So you decided that you're going to camp out, camp out outside of Best Buy overnight because you want to be one of the first people oh, who are in there to get that uh, that big screen TV, which is uh, uh, you know allegedly seventy five percent off after they hiked up the price seventy five percent right before. So now, so you're going to spend the night in the parking lot over there. So the tas, some interpret the tas to say that clearly when you're spending the night in the Best Buy parking lot rather than at home. Although that's where you're spending the night, that's not your home. And being that it's not your home, you don't lay Hanukkah candles there. And therefore, uh, by extension, maybe what the Taz means is that a necessary prerequisite in order to be chayav, in order to be obligated in the mitzvah of Ner Hanukkah, is you have, to be, you have to have a home and you have to be in your home. And if you're missing that, you happen to be out of town. And this is the Shiloh which comes up, which is the more familiar Shiloh that people know, is that already in the summertime, people decide, they make a flight for winter vacation, that they're going to go ahead and they're going to spend the time in Eretz Yisrael. They're going to go to Eretz Yisrael during whatever their winter vacation is. And then as they get closer, they realize, oy vey, The night that we're flying is one of the nights of Hanukkah. We're leaving at two in the afternoon. So two in the afternoon is too early to light over here. And by the time you arrive in Eretz Yisrael, it's already going to be the next day. So what am I supposed to do with my near Hanukkah? So if nobody, if the entire family is traveling and nobody is left behind, so for that night, that third night or fourth night of Hanukkah, you don't have a home. So you're essentially homeless for that night because you're stuck on a plane. They don't let you uh, uh, light candles on a plane. They are pretty uh, uh, get pretty uptight about uh, such things. So they're always the Shailah every year. People realize that, oh, my gosh, I booked a flight for flying on Hanukkah. What am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to go ahead and do now? So here, this Taz is one of the primary sources for research for that Shila. because does the Taz mean that you need to have a home in order to be obligated in the midst of Hanukkah, or perhaps he may mean some, he may mean something else? But here, the simple reading is he says that being outside of your home is equivalent to being in the street, and therefore our Chayalim who are who all have a home to be able to go to. But they're not there now. They're sleeping somewhere else outside of their home. So maybe that means, especially if they're sleeping outside under the stars, so maybe that means that they are in the equivalent circumstance as somebody who's traveling by plane and doesn't have a place to light during that night, and they don't have to light Hanukkah candles altogether. So that's the question about the uh, the high, the the house. Okay, so let's see now. Some of the, uh, the post-game, we'll see... Two chuvas farm that deal with this to adopt different positions, and then we'll see how the postgames sort of summarize. So the first one is Igris Moshe. First one is Ramoshe Feinstein. So he writes as follows Misha Elobias Klau, somebody who is literally homeless. They they sleep uh, uh, under the uh, the bridge on McCormick and Tui. Vyasha Lechutz, and they go ahead and they sleep outside. Kagon, for example, Nimsa Bamidbar, Somebody who's traveling over the uh, the wilderness, or traveling over the desert, so it'll take a number of days to be able to uh, to get there. Vegam kishira Via beveso v'yabedera And a similar shayla will arise even when a person owns a home, but they're not going to be in their home that night. They're going to be traveling the entire night. So in the olden days, the Shiloh was by boat. More recent times, it was traveling by train. And even more recent than that is going to be traveling by plane. So uh, planes, trains, and automobiles. But you're going to be traveling the entire night, and you're not going to be there. You have to get to a chasna on the East Coast. So you're going to be driving through the night. So what are you supposed to do? (laughs) V'ein lo Yadlik beveso. And it's a circumstance where the entire family is away from the home that night. So if there was one person who was left behind, the one person was left behind, they could go ahead and light and be motzi everybody else. That's a technical mitzvah, as we said, of ner ish ubeso. That all you need is one menorah per household. But if everybody's out of the house, so what are you supposed to do? So says her Moshe, So the implication of Rashi in the Gemara in Shabbos, he writes, the bracha on seeing, when you're not going to be lighting your own menorah, you're just going to see somebody else's menorah, that's the bracha of riyah. that is, uh, when you say just that bracha, And the Taz explains that this bracha uh, that one would recite on seeing Hanukkah candles without having kindled them personally, that is going to be in a circumstance It's limited to a circumstance when you're not going to be lighting the entire night. And now, if it were true that the obligation to light would be even when you're outside of a home, you're out sleeping outside on the street, you're waiting for the uh, um, the uh, Black Friday for the store to open early in the morning, or you're on a boat on the top of a, a ship somewhere, my time ain't no mad So what would be the reason that we would say that you don't light where you are there? Why not just go ahead and light there? Must be because if you're outside of your home, says Moshe, you don't light. And if Rashi meant that the reason that you find yourself in that circumstance is technically you should be lighting on the boat, you just forgot to bring your menorah with you and you don't have uh, anything to spare to light, so then we would expect Rashi should have mentioned it. And if he says that there was Um, that they he doesn't have any candles. One the first one is he doesn't have a boat. Second one is he doesn't have any candles. So then what they should have taught what Rashi should have talked about is somebody who doesn't have candles. And therefore Rashi's wording in the fact that he didn't address either one of these other two circumstances, that implies that he's not lighting, not due to an onus, because he doesn't have a boat to sleep on, or he doesn't have candles to kindle. Rather, what Rashi means is the reason why this person is not lighting is simply because he's out of his house. For this night, he is homeless. It doesn't make a difference whether he's permanently homeless. But any time you are for the night, you are homeless. So the implication, Rav Moshe says from Rashi, is that it must be that you are not obligated to do the mitzvah, because as we mentioned, as a possibility, maybe near Ishu baso means that you're only obligated to fulfill the mitzvah in the event that you are babayis, in the event that you are in a home. But if you're if you're homeless for the night, so there's no mitzvah to perform, you don't have the prerequisite. There's no mitzvah mezuzah if you're homeless, because where are you going to put up the mezuzah? You don't have a home. So in the same way, we would say that maybe near ish ubeiso means that those people who own homes are obligated to light a menorah in their home to publicize the miracle. Those people who are uh don't have a home in which to light, so it may, may very well be that the mitzvah doesn't apply to them. Then Ravosha says. Therefore, we would say that in the event that a person has a home and somebody's going to be staying in that home, then there's a mitzvah to light. But in the event that everybody left town and nobody is left behind in the house for the night, and nobody's going to return that night. So there's going to be no mitzvah for them to fulfill, there's going to be no mitzvah of Ner Chanukah for them to fulfill, being that they are missing this necessary prerequisite of having a home in which to light. And therefore, Moshe says that somebody who's homeless whether professionally or whether as an amateur, they're just uh, hanging out in the Best Buy parking lot overnight, but they're not going to be home overnight. Rav Moshe would say that such a person does not light Hanukkah candles. There's no mitzvah for them to go ahead and light Hanukkah candles in that circumstance. That is what Rav Moshe writes. Now, the Tzitz Eliezer, also one of the, uh, the great postmen from the, uh, the 20th century, from Eretz Yisrael, so he writes as follows. A very prolific writer. Not sure why he's not quoted as often as he, uh, as it used to be like, uh, 20 years ago. But the Tzitzah Eliezer says as follows. He says, He says he disagrees, uh, absolutely fundamentally with her Moshe. And he says that the mitzvah of near Chanukah is an obligation which rests. Our karkafta de Gavra means it rests on a person's shoulders. Mi It has nothing to do with any object or any home whatsoever. mitzvazos baze gam mitzvus And in this regard, the Tzitz Eliezer asserts that the mitzvah of Ner Chanukah is different than the mitzvah of mezuzah. Like Rav Moshe, it was very similar. The only way you're going to be able to do the mitzvah is in the event that you have a home in which to do the mitzvah. You can't put up a mezuzah without a home. You can't light Ner Hanukkah without a home. But the Tzitz Eliezer says, no, I disagree. They're different. Why? The mitzvah's mezuzah, because when it comes to the mitzvah of mezuzah, even though it's an obligation, it's a mitzvah, which is incumbent on the resident of the home or the apartment, but the mitzvah cannot be fulfilled without the object called a home. There's no place to put the mezuzah if you don't have a home. You need a house which has minimum size requirements in order to be obligated. And you need to be on something which is called a house. A cardboard box, even if it's four Amos by four Amos, still is not a house, the cardboard box on Lower Wacker Drive. So you don't have a house. You don't put, even though you have a place to sleep, but that's not called a house that we would say that you have to put up a mezuzah there. Ublizeh, sadar. And without an actual home or an actual apartment to live in, so we don't have, you're not considered to be a resident who's obligated to affix a mezuzah. But this, what the Tzitzah Eliezer says, is fundamentally different than the mitzvah of Chanukah licht. Why? Because here is the, the Tzitzah Eliezer's assertion that the mitzvah of Chanukah is something which is incumbent upon the individual person. It's your obligation, not your home obligation. Wherever you are, chayv Lahadlik you have an obligation to go ahead and light Hanukkah candles, regardless of where you find yourself. And he says, logical. Even if a person goes out and grabs a mattress, and puts the mattress down on a corner or in an alley somewhere, and they're going to spend the night on a mattress in an alley... The and that's where the person sleeps and that where that's where the person eats so where your mattress is that's your home I think there's a bumper sticker about that so where your mattress is, that's your home so that's where you're going to go ahead and you're going to light your Hanukkah candles and that's where you're going to light that's where the obligation will be fulfilled even though you have no home whatsoever because the tzitz Eliezer maintains they are, the mitzvah of Neir Chanukah, although Chazal say Ne'er Ishu beso, beso just means where you're living. It doesn't mean technical house. It doesn't have It doesn't have to have dimensions of a house. It doesn't have to have characteristics of a house. It means wherever you find yourself on the night of Chanukah, light Chanukah Neros there, even if you are homeless. And therefore, he says. Now we're skipping some of his reasoning and some of his analysis of others far. But now in his conclusion, he writes, ulizos. therefore, Bachras Allah He says, after weighing out the various different opinions which are out there, the Tzitz Eliezer says, It would seem to me, lahadik asada, That one is absolutely obligated to night light near Hanukkah, even when you're sleeping out in the middle of a field somewhere. And certainly, if you find yourself in a tent, soldiers who are fortunate enough to at least have a tent to sleep in, so that is their home, and certainly they're obligated, says it's Yitzel below Kirui. And this is true even if there's just something surrounding you on the outside, the circumference, and there's nothing overhead. One of the One of the characteristics, one of the defining characteristics of a home, of a bias, is the fact that you have to have a roof. So if you don't have a roof over your head, that, that by definition, by halachic definition, that's not a bias. So the Tzitzel Ezra emphasized over here that even if you're sleeping surrounded by blankets, but there's nothing overhead between you and the sky, you'll still light, you'll light there. Shechayevim l'hadik hafilah b'hekev mechitzas below kirui, you are obligated to go ahead and light, is even if you're merely surrounded by walls, by partitions, and there's nothing overhead. And then he says, make sure... When you're lighting outside, so make sure that you go ahead and you light it behind glass. Because you don't want the wind to be able to easily extinguish them, because if you light your menorah in a circumstance where the wind will almost immediately extinguish them, so then you haven't fulfilled the mitzvah. So it has to be in a circumstance where it's possible for it to burn for 30 minutes. But the Tzitzel Eliezer is of the opinion that a home, an actual house, is not a prerequisite to the mitzvah. And therefore, if you decide to go camping over, uh, over Hanukkah, and you're sleeping out in a sleeping bag under the stars, or you're a soldier who's stationed in the north by Lebanon or, or, or Syria, or in the, in the Gaza Strip somewhere, and you're sleeping in a tent or sleeping in a sleeping bag, wherever you happen to be, so the Tzitzel Eliezer would say you absolutely should be lighting over there with a bracha. Okay, so now that we have a machlokas over here, so how are we going to uh, to decide? So here, the piskei Chuvas, which is a collection of the writings of uh, of recent poskim, so he says as follows. Now, in case somebody wants to look it up, you should be aware that the author went ahead and published uh, the initial set of piskei Chuvas, which is based on the the, the mishabura chelik aleph base chelik gimel. He skipped chelik Dalit, He did he and vav. And then it was such a popular sefer that he went back and published essentially a second edition of it, which is much, much bigger, with a lot more sources and a lot more analysis. So the mar Makam over here in Tufresh Ayan Zion Oshe, this is from the most recent edition, not the original uh, Chelek Vav. So in case you look for it, or uh, like uh, uh, on Bar-Elan, which has the, uh, the text of the Piskei Chuvas, they have the original version, not the updated version. Okay, so he writes his vows. kosim, Some people write. There are some say that you should not assume based on the wording of the Gemara in the wording of Shulchan Aruch that in order to be obligated in the midst of Ner you need a bias. You actually need a home, because according to this opinion, this uh, this uh, this school of thought. This, like the Tzitz Eliezer, says, you don't need a house at all. And according to this position, well, we we characterize this, or we associate this with the Tzitz Eliezer, even those people who are sleeping out in a field, they're sleeping in the street or an alleyway, or they're sleeping in the desert, they are obligated to light Neros Hanukkah wherever they happen to find themselves. Umidina, and according to technically, So if they're sleeping out in the in the desert somewhere, but it happens to be that somebody's at home lighting for them, so then they could be yose with the lighting which is taking place in their actual home. There's a person who's not professionally homeless; they just happen to be on a Tiyul, so they're sleeping out somewhere for for the night. Aval imeinadlikim alein but the Tzitz Eliezer is of the opinion that if nobody is there lighting for them in their home, so and they are in an alleyway, they are in the, uh, 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 a campsite of soldiers, or they are just taking a tayul and they're sleeping out in the desert under the stars. So this school of thought, Tzitz Eliezer, maintains that you light wherever you are. The house is not a prerequisite, and you would even go ahead and say a bracha. But, he says, now the Piskei Chuvas goes on, he says, Many of our great poskim disagree with this school of thought. They disagree with this notion that the obligation of mezuzah has nothing at all to do with the home, and you're going to be obligated to light Ner Chanukah, even if you are homeless. In this second school of thought, we'll call Rav Moshe, they maintain <inaudible> that you're only obligated in their Hanukkah in the event that you are in a house which is inhabitable. So not necessarily a bombed-out building in Gaza that they, they may be sleeping there, but it's not really an inhabitable building. But you're only obligated in the event that you are in an inhabitable building. <inaudible> And it doesn't have to be something which is luxurious. It could be a one-star motel on Lincoln Avenue or something, where you would only stay there in the event that it was temporarily, and because there was literally no place else for you to be able to, uh, to sleep. But, so, but as long as it's minimally inhabitable, so then you're obligated to do the mitzvah. But when you're sleeping in that, uh, that uh, shady motel, at the very least, you have to stay there overnight. You have to sleep there overnight. Or at least settle down there to have a meal. You'll have dinner there. Some posts are a little bit more machba than that. And they say that in order for this to be considered your home, you have to be there for two meals. But it has to be somewhere where we would actually say genuinely that this is an inhabitable place. Not the most luxurious, but it has to be an inhabitable place. Now according to the second school of thought, which we are attributing to Rev Moshe, somebody who's going to be spending the night in the desert, in a field somewhere, or on a street, or in an alleyway under McCormick Bridge or Lower Wacker Drive, and they go ahead and they light Hanukkah candle in one of those places, and So the bracha would absolutely be a bracha levatala, because under those conditions, when somebody is homeless, there's no mitzvah. So if there's no mitzvah to do, obviously you can't recite the bracha on the mitzvah that you're not obligated to do. But if while the time that you are on vacation, you go ahead and you build yourself a tent, and you'll remain in that tent for a few days, or you put up some sort of temporary hut, and that's going to be your place for a few days, so then we can rationalize that you would go ahead and you would light there with a bracha. But short of that, so in the event that soldiers are moving every night that they go to sleep, they set up a new tent and then they dismantle it, and then they uh, they carry it with them to their next location, so they, this second school of thought of Rav Moshe would say that they're not lighting in any of those places. In the event they're going to be camped out in this tent for a duration of time, for a number of days consecutively. So then there will be something to argue uh, from a Moshe's perspective that maybe that already is enough to be considered a home, a bias, and they would like Neiros Hanukkah there. But this is, now if you look in the footnote, this issue about whether or not it's necessary to have a home or not, so he says, he goes ahead and he highlights, he emphasizes, that such a question could arise. It's a chasre bias. That would be homeless people. People are lacking a house. Oh, This is what we were looking for. It will be relevant for soldiers who are on some sort of guard duty. And they're not in their home. They're not in barracks. They're out in the field somewhere. In the, in the, the, uh the safer written by, um, uh, Rav Yosef Sam, the current chief rabbi, Rav Yitzhak Yosef, he set in the, uh, in the in the Yalka Yosef so he talks about, I had to look this up on Google Translate, he begins this paragraph by saying nisuim. you have soldiers who are married, whatever, soldiers Hanim ha-chazit. I didn't know what Kave HaChazit was so I looked it up, that is the Hebrew term that they use for the front lines so if you have soldiers who are on the front lines, so this is going to be relevant for them. Oh, or people who are on tiulim, people on vacation, and they're going to be sleeping in a tent, it be relevant to them as well. But for our purpose over here, it's going to be relevant for the, uh, the for chayalim. So depending on exactly what their accommodations are, if they have some sort of a barrack, or there's some sort of a tent that they return to each and every night, then it can be argued that they're considered to have a bias, and uh, they uh, they may be able to light there. Certainly, if they have somebody who lives in their home and is going to be lighting in the home, they, they don't have to worry about lighting Hanukkah candles anyways, because they are technically Yosei with those who are at home. The shaila would really uh, arise would most uh, most predominantly arise by lone soldiers where their family is living in the States or something like that, and they're there all by themselves, and uh, where they have nobody to go ahead and light for them, so can they be Yose just lighting outside where they are under this, under the sky or not? So it seems to be that it's a machlokas, the tzitzah, what do I say for simplicity, it's a machlokas, the Eliezer, and, uh, and uh, Rav Moshe, being that it's a shilah about whether uh, a bracha tal or not. So we would certainly go ahead and say, suffolk brachos lahakel, that there's no reason to go ahead and say a, a bracha when it's a suffolk. It may very well be that the best approach, assuming that everything would be safe, would be to light the menorah without saying the bracha. And that way, if you light the menorah, so your yotzei like the tzitzeliezer says that there's a mitzvah, but you don't offend Rav Moshe because you didn't say a bracha, which Rav Moshe would say is a bracha of Attawa. But this, I'm sure that uh, you know the uh, that this is a shila which the uh, the chief rabbi of the uh, of the army is uh, is addressing. I don't know what uh, what, uh, what he's asking for them, but I'm sure this is a shila which many of the uh, the boys, many of the chayalim are dealing with. But this is a, a good preparation for us for Hanukkah as well as for uh, uh, another sheer about uh, related to the uh, to the war which is going on. This would All right, also, pop- yeah, this would also refer to the people from Kiryat Shmona who had to leave their homes. Right. So, so the people there, assuming that they were put up at a hotel somewhere, very good. Thank, thank you for that, Mel. So those people who are. Uh, who live in the North and they were displaced, they were evacuated because it's too dangerous to be there, so they're out of their homes technically, but assuming that they're at a hotel somewhere else or somewhere somewhere else, so as long as they're staying in a house for the night, that already is enough to trigger the obligation. but not the people who would literally be uh, homeless it's the 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 literal homeless people that they have no roof over their head, those are the ones who have the Shiloh not the ones who are evacuated and are staying in the plaza or whatever the names of the hotels are this year i forget from year to year what they get, what they're named Thank you, really. All right. All uh, right. next next week is